Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. My name is Daniel. And this is episode 117, The Spartan Itself. Thank you, John. Finish the fight. I don't get that reference. Uh, his his, uh, is that his handle is Spartan117. Oh. Yeah, 117. He's, he's John117. Yeah. He's, yeah, have you never played a Halo? I've never played a Halo campaign, no, because everybody knows that gamers are in for the multiplayer yeah. hall. They don't care about single-player stuff. Okay, well, some gamers are into the extended universe through the novels, okay. uh, including The Fall of Reach, where we learn that Master Chief's suit was particularly designed <laughs> for combat situations, for, for deep space cold, and what else? And for and what else? jacking him off! Yeah. We make it 2.5 episodes before this gets referenced again and again. So <laughs> Correct. I think we were doing good. It was it was what, like two weeks without incident? <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta finish the fight and finish him off. <laughs> well, guys, sorry we took kind of a, a two week break here. We had to do some house hunting, um, which is important real life stuff. It didn't apparently. go well. Yeah, we can't just look for houses in video games and move into a plot we think is neat. Mm-hmm. We have to talk to landlords and shitheads and Put in effort, so that was something. Uh, no, it wasn't anything. It sucked, and I don't like these little slum lords, these little fucking trash kings. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that have their own rules and standards and and bullshit. No one, no one is standardizing them. It's worse than Airbnb out here, dog. Mm-hmm. These people are like, I have a dog house that I put a blanket on, and that's thirty five hundred. You rate downtown. <laughs> <laughs> But you're sleeping under the doghouse. It's a shared space. Listen, you are a quick jog and a kayak ride away from the light rail. This is perfect for you. We actually this is perfect for a full family. That was a, a line we were fed. Yeah, we were fed that <laughs> shit. And I was like, put some shoes on, woman. Yeah, we're, we're in the process of looking for either like a townhouse or a house to rent. Just like in various parts of Seattle. And a lot of it is not like property managed. It's nope. person managed. It's slumlord managed. <laughs> and it's just the roughest stuff. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like speed darkness. dating for living. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Coming from the uh, the comfort of managed communities. I mean, mm-hmm. they have their own pratfalls, right? Sure. Like, especially since we went through a management turnover. Mm-hmm. We went from having okay management to why are you changing everything for no reason? Why you're in my home changing the light bulbs and telling me like this doesn't cost you more you know that right mm-hmm. and i'm like i live here already i can't do anything about that what do you <laughs> but for the most part i do like um having uh like you know what you're gonna get out of out of, out of shit yeah uh, you never know what you're gonna get with these slumlords no. <laughs> yeah you gotta live with the dog in the dog house <laughs> yeah so like technically like three feet are yours but the bill split is 50 50 the dog has its own lease agreement, its own it's bill agreement. So it's true, absolutely. He's reliable. And but he works nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, that's what we've been up to. That's why we've been absent. Um we're gonna kinda get in here with a quick hot and heavy episode. We gotta get in under an hour and a half. One of the earliest recordings we've had in Save Room history, yeah, huh? It's ten forty eight AM right now. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. I'm not here for this. I got places to be, dog. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go see some dino bones today. Sure. Gotta go. Gotta go to the museum and look at those bones, and s- see them. And I gotta roll out to the living room and play the new HD version of Skyward Sword on my Nintendo Switch. Oh wow! Yeah. A Nintendo jammy? Yeah. I hear Nintendo's about to go fucking bankrupt thanks to Valve. What? Yeah, dog. Mm. Came in there and people were like, "OLED," more like, "Oh." Oh, dead. I don't care. Oh, that was better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dead. Oh, dead. For yeah. sure. We're going. Oh, dead. <laughs> Um, yeah, do we just start this fucking episode? Yeah, let's kick it off. Well, they need to know who we are first. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
We are the save room, where we believe being wrong isn't fatal, but if it were, all gamers would die. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show, or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, something else, something else, uh, give it to me, uh, Stitcher maybe, uh, in RSS feeds, it doesn't matter, the yeah, rest though. don't fucking matter. I don't appreciate how you looked at me when you said all gamers are gonna die. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And you can also find us on the Twitch Osphere Kevin over at twitch.tv slash the red herb. He's doing a new segment. It's called Fry Doom. Fry Doom. Yes. I'm playing yeah. not every Doom because I didn't want to do every Doom. No, why um, not? Because old games game suck. suck. <laughs> 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 so I'm playing Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal back to back. And I'm probably going to do the DLC for Doom Eternal since nice. I've never touched it. So I'm very excited for that. Cool. Um, it's been a lot of fun going back so far. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things that like were really good in Eternal. And this is a game that I famously was like not into when mm-hmm. I played it. I'm like, I miss from Doom 2016, so I'm just like, damn, I need that grappling hook back, yep. doggy dog. Yeah, there's some cool like yeah. quality of life stuff and and things that kind of amp up the, mm. I guess, kinetic energy of the the gunplay. It just feels like a faster game. It is. Like oddly enough, <laughs> I'm playing Doom 2016 and going like, dude, I thought this game was like lightning pace when I first played it. It's actually kind of, I won't say slow, mm. but it's slower than I expected. I forget. Do you have a dash in that one? No. Okay. You have a double jump. You can okay. do a light, nice little. Like a little little double jump here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, but you can catch my friend Daniel, me, out there at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Mm, that's the place. Daniel has done a crossover stream with none other than Make Monsters, the legend themselves. Yes. Uh, playing the sequel to A Way Out. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes two. Yes, it has been a, a hit collab. Uh, we're, we're thinking of, of, of calling ourselves Make Daniels or. <clears throat> dungeons and monsters i don't know we're, we're figuring it dungeons out dungeons and monsters sounds like yeah. that one dbd like knockoff game on steam i mm-hmm. forget it's it's monstrum eternal sounds or right. something sounds right to me it's whatever but yeah but, yeah nick's been Make kind Daniels enough better. to play it takes two with me on stream that is the the newest haze light game from from joseph farif's odd mind, um, mind. it's it's a brilliant <clears throat> fun amazing game mm-hmm. um i love just how creative it is like i don't think i've seen a game so creative in its gameplay elements and and story and platforming in, in a very long time like this and it's it's just a joy like every time i'm playing it with nick like we've we've done two sessions so far i'm just like smiling because i'm just like this is neat and this is neat um i haven't played a haze light game before i didn't play a way out so I literally don't smile anymore, but I really like that game. <laughs> I think that game is fantastic, yeah. and I think the one comment that I had is its platforming is like Nintendo quality. Yeah. Like, it's super polished, super interesting, and that game throws like a million ideas at you, and they all work. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only like one segment in the game that I was kind of like iffy on, the ice place, because mm-hmm. it was just like too big to really be structured and fun whereas the rest of the levels are fucking immaculately made like really great mechanics there's a seamlessness too between like areas and new mechanics where it's like Mm -hmm. oh you spend like maybe 15 to 20 minutes with a certain mechanic and puzzle type and then you move on to the next you're like oh this feels like a natural progression but it's it's very very good and it's about divorce it's about divorce so i recommend if you have a loved one in your life and maybe your relationship is on ice play this game with them (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) i didn't know where we're going there i like it too as like a throwback to like uh split screen co-op games because like we're obviously playing it online um but like it still does the um 
the split screen regardless. So he can always see what I'm doing. I can always see what he's yeah. doing. Just like a good marriage where you should always be watching your lover. Oh, wait a second. So. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. Do the text check-in. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's been 12 minutes. Where are you? Yeah. It doesn't take that long to get to the CVS, <laughs> Margaret. Sorry, I'm shrunken under our uh, attic <laughs> floorboards and I'm trying to find our daughter's toys. Sorry. Our goddamn Zoomer's imagination turned us into puppets yeah. and a book kidnapped us. Anyway, it's I'm still it's divorcing a you. Fever dream. Yeah, it's a, a good game. Of a plot, it's a good game. So go check it out. Oh, our producer, uh, Clementine the cat, has arrived. She looks like she wants Hello. to hop up on the bed and, and just be it. near us. Thank you for. Oh, there we go. There we go. Perfect. Little guest spot. So I hear you have yep. some news for me. I have a little nope. bit of news for you yeah. as well because we like to share in this yeah. household. I do want to like kind of just open it up here real quick with the, just up? a tiny morsel because I don't think we wrote about it. Um, mm. no, we did not. So, Avengers, the game everybody loves and then forgot about. Square Enix's Marvel's Avengers? Square Enix's Marvel's Avengers, the game. <laughs> um, a lot of ownership in that title. They announced, I guess, some more details about the war for Wakanda, newest expansion that's coming. Yes. Um, but the big thing is that Christopher Judge, who voiced Kratos in God of War, mm-hmm. is going to be voicing Black Panther. More importantly, he's from Stargate SG-1. And Stargate. Of course, of course. Yeah. But also, God of War was fucking amazing. Right. So. But Stargate went on for a hundred years. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's a show... I, I think it's still on. <laughs> <laughs> but have you seen Kratos' beard? I have. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that very much, yeah. too. So, yeah, Boy. that's cool. I think that's great casting. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they're they're putting a bit of substance into this, because I, I hear, like, uh, Siri's going to be in it and a few mm-hmm. other uh, Black Panther characters as well. Yeah. So that's cool. It's supposed to be, like, 21 additional hours of content. No. They confirmed no. Oh, did they? That was a... That was a yeah, I actually read into wow. that. Um, holistically, with all of the other content oh, and the main campaign, okay, gotcha. it brings the game up to about 21 to 24 hours of game. Oh, that's... Okay, that's yeah. weaker than I so thought. So this is probably going to be like a four-hour fucking campaign again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, there's no way. This team has shown you that they cannot make any more content than like a couple of hours and then release it over the course of like six months. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's fair. Listen, like, game development on. is hard. It's not always about yeah. going on vacation and shooting guns. Kevin. <laughs> so, <laughs> Got him with that one. You did get me with that. I'm sorry, you're shooting guns? QA testers were out here fucking typing keyboards for hours, you cuck. You one percenter bitch. That was, that was a separate news thing that happened this week that we didn't write about either, but yeah. it's pretty funny. The Kata- yeah, there's a few blow-ups online. We'll actually save that for the end of the show. There's a few blow-ups that occurred online that we want to put our words to, but we need to get through this very important news sure. because our benefactors are, how would you say, are... Are, who doing, owns us? They own the, us. The, the wrist tap. Our sponsors. Yeah. Our sponsors. MeUndies? Over at Elgato. Oh. I'm officially sponsored by Elgato. They gave me... Um, it was actually just like a USB cord. But, but, Elgato, good shit. You're fucking cuck if you don't stream with Elgato. Sorry, they didn't really give me voice lines. Yeah. Bit. Anyway, I got a few items on here. The first one. <laughs> Number one on here. Reverse has been delayed again. Hmm. It, sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> the competitive multiplayer spinoff, Resident Evil spinoff. I really wrote that, didn't I? Yeah, yep. you did. It, did listen, we wrote at like eight in the morning. Like fever dream. That was due out this month has been pushed to 2022. Capcom said on the official RE Twitter, quote, the previously announced July 2021 launch of Resident Evil Reverse is being moved to 2022 so that the team can continue working to deliver a smooth gameplay experience. We will share updated launch details 
details at a later time. Thank you for your patience and understanding. There is a follow-up tweet. Cool. For players who purchase a physical version of Resident Evil Village, we recommend that you keep track of the included Resident Evil Reverse download code or add it to your account now so that you're ready to play when the game launches next year. End quote. I won't be doing any of that. I, I mean, I'll, I'll keep the voucher. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't like, um, redeemed it. Cause like when I opened the box of Resident Evil Village, mm-hmm. uh, the disc for Resident Evil Village was the thing that I was most excited to see <laughs> and not the pamphlet advertising this fucking game. <laughs> um, I played the beta and none of this shocks me or even moves me mm-hmm. <laughs> because the beta was rough, right? Yeah. However... I will say, I don't think the beta was at a state where it was like, wow, this is just so fucking unreleasable that it needs to be delayed to next fucking year. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's, it, it seemed like a, just a shallow competitive shooter that needed some polish. Mm-hmm. So this almost leads me to believe that this isn't just like, oh, we're having some like online connection issues to fix in a couple of months. It sounds like they're trying to reconfigure this yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like restructure the hell out of it, add new elements. Yeah, which I would be, um, if we had to take mm-hmm. this bitter pill that is Reverse, which apparently its full title is Resident Evil Reverse, mm-hmm. my god, my god. Um, then, yeah, sure, I would prefer that they delay it as much as possible to mm-hmm. give us something that has any substance to it. Yeah. Because the beta I've played has none. It has no substance. It has nothing. It's not even a game. <laughs> you play it and you look at a menu. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's it's definitely not what I want as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is another title in a long line of multiplayer Resident Evils that nobody asked for, but Capcom insists that you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that is wrong. <laughs> yeah, because they're looking at trends from like three years ago and trying to play catch up. <laughs> right. They should really just continue to focus on their multiplayer endeavors with Resident Evil and then, or sorry, they're, they should that? focus on their single player endeavors with Resident Evil and then where their multiplayer shit hits, like Monster Hunter, keep doing that. Yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, not, that's not to say that there isn't a multiplayer Resident Evil yeah. that will resonate with people, right? But I think it's as simple as just going back to your catalog and going like, Outbreak seemed to be a thing that people enjoyed. What was it about that game that we can kind of modernize? Mm-hmm. Instead, they keep on going, how do we Dead by Daylight this? Yeah. <laughs> and so they tried with Resistance, which was a pack-in game that they mm-hmm. weren't confident enough to sell by itself, uh, with Resident Evil 3 Remake. And... That had, like, a bit of it, like, a little following, but, Mm -hmm. like, for the most part, people tried it and fucking were like, all right, fuck this, bye. Yeah, we played it over two sessions. Yeah. I liked it fine, but it wasn't enough to, like, keep coming back to it every time I wanted to play, like, games with my friends. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I mean, what do you think Resident Evil RE-verse, like, would need to have (laughs) some sort of forward momentum in this kind of, I guess, ecosystem where there are a lot of online games buying for your mind share i think you would have me way more excited if instead of hanging your hat on this pvp element mm-hmm. that you actually announced that oh we added a pve mode mm-hmm. so you have all your famous resident evil characters you got your leon you got your your claire mm-hmm. the other ones and then uh you have it where it's kind of like a not exactly mercenaries but maybe something built around this idea of like you're doing like co-op with your friends and blasting zombies and mm-hmm. and maybe just like a a fucking pantheon of resident evil enemies from mm-hmm. the re engine right they could do something akin to World War Z, the game. Where, sure. Like, maybe you could do like just separate, separate like episode brackets where it's like, okay, this is our Raccoon City episode. This is our other one, right? Yeah. And just have like kind of a collection of characters that you play through, like you know, four versus 
all the world of zombies and monsters. Granted, that game is a bit more fast-paced, but I think you could maybe do, like, yeah. a, a tighter Resident Evil-type experience around that idea. Maybe. Like, maybe that, or maybe just, like, simply just go with arenas, like like mm. they did in Mercenaries Pass. Yeah. That seems like the easiest thing to do with this game, because it's built out to be, like, you're stuck in an arena with other players. Yeah. Um, I don't see them building it out to something like World War Z, especially no, not for at something all. that's fucking free. Yeah. Like, but it could be cool if they ever, like, wanted to do something like that. Because you even yeah. have, like, puzzles in the game that could work in a co-op fashion where it's... I mean, we've seen other games do it, right? We've seen Six do it. Yeah, I mean, that's what Outbreak was back yeah. in the day, which is, like, we threw in four players into an environment where we don't necessarily force you to be in the same room. You can go explore, find puzzles, different parts, and you, you can see, even on the screen, like, mm. oh, somebody picked up, like, the key to this door we need, so let's reconvene, right? Mm. So that... I think there's something there to play with. Sure. And it's fucking weird that capcom like just refuses to like look that way <laughs> they're like no 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 no, it's got to be streamable yeah it's got to be fucking dead by daylight and i'm just like homies the best you're gonna get you already did mm. you just threw some characters in the dead by daylight that's all the gas that's you true. need for that for that entity right i don't know how much money you're recouping on that probably not like a lot for licensing but it's obvious they can't figure out their own version of that so like stop <laughs> just stop yeah that's a that's a fair point so before we jump into this next news bit here, still staying in the pantheon of Resident Evil, I want to know as a fan, what did you think of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness? Oh, it fucking sucked. Hmm. Yeah, that was a waste <laughs> of time. Um, so it was four episodes, but it was basically like a two-hour movie altogether. Mm. Um, it would only excite people that like seeing these characters, regardless of the context and regardless of the quality of the story that they're a part of. Like, if you're like, I'm really big on Leon, and it makes me want to, you know, Jill my bill, or whatever it is. Jill my bill? Yeah, Jill my bill. And uh, <laughs> and I, I love Claire, and she's wearing glasses, mm, and this cute. erection is cobblestone now. Then, <laughs> awesome, it's for you. But if you... If you want a story that's even mildly engaging, no, this is not it. It's okay. fucking trash. I think it's actually worse than some of the CG movies. Wow. Because like at least those were just like got to a point of like such over the topness mm. that it, it, it was just fun. It's fucking yeah. fun, right? One of them had like a crazy like gun kata sequence. Yeah. Like, how long was that sequence? Like four minutes long? It was of... four minutes of Chris Redfield <laughs> dodging fucking like point blank bullet headshots <laughs> by like he's fucking like I think he used his like eyelashes to flick away yeah. a bullet or something. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. But like like that's stupid. This one tried to get itself like it was self-serious mm-hmm. oh it had those a, are the worst it had like this political undertone and i do mean like not like oh uh identity politics or anything mm-hmm. that the gamers hate i i literally mean most of it takes place in the white house or involves the u.s government and it's really fucking boring for resident evil mm-hmm. i'm sorry it is you're you're fine with pharmaceutical companies that want to fucking like make bioweapons that's enough conspiracy for me yeah now you got to turn it into this like weird like the advisor for the president's trying to fuck over america thing like fuck that well, it's boring the thing is, like, wherever there's a game with Leon S. Kennedy, yeah. the president's there. He's hanging the out. They're best fucking friends. Best friends. <laughs> best friends. Yeah, we even see Ashley Graham in, a, in, like, a photo. Yeah. In a photo. That's it. That's huh. our that's our reference. Another weird part is that it's the actors from RE2 Remake. Uh, Leon and Claire, like, the, oh. those actors reprising the roles. Cool. But, like, this interpretation of Leon is definitely not, like, from Remake. That, yeah. He he. And, and fu- funny enough, it takes place after Part 4. And he's nothing like how he is in part four. He's more like what he is in RE6, which is like very okay. stoic and always like a goddamn invincible superhero. Hmm. So it's it's all kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hard non-recommend. Okay. A hard fuck off on that. 
Everyone got mad about the live action uh, Resident Evil Netflix series that has, uh, I forget his name is Wesker. Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick as Wesker. I think that's actually going to be good. I have a feeling that that's going to be enjoyable and fans are going to hate it for very obvious racist reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was immediately apparent where it's like, oh, Lance Reddick could never play Wesker because he's not, you know, fucking Hitler's, um, what do I want to say, eugenics pride and joy. Like, he's not a blonde hair, blue eyes, like, Yeah, that was like the entire thing. And it's like, it doesn't matter. I've never seen people fight harder yeah. for having eugenics in their in their pop culture. So like, in my life. Gamers pick such weird hills to <laughs> really die weird. and fight yeah. on. For sure. Fuck. Yeah. Well, well anyway. <laughs> moving on from that bullshit. I got a number two on here, and it's actually two parts, so it's a, a two-parter here. So there's a is there there's a part one, and then there's a dash two. Yeah. Okay. As, and this is going to yeah. follow suit with it. And these are going to be considered the Final Fantasy flybys. Yeah. So number one on here is regarding the hit, I guess, series we could call it, Final Fantasy X, which was the first Final Fantasy entry to even really have a series within itself. I've been saying X for years. Yeah. Okay, well, I can wow. call it X. Um, so, Tetsuya Belt on Belt's Nomura confirms plot for FFX3 is in the works. What the fuck? And that's Final Fantasy X-3. FFX3. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Um, in a recent interview between Nomura, Final Fantasy X director Motamu Toriyama, and Japanese gaming magazine Famitsu, which was then translated by RPG site because, of course... Nomura reignited fan hopes for a third entry in the FF... Oh, God. In the Final Fantasy X series to follow up on the fated love story of Yuna and Titus. Nomura gave us a morsel stating that, quote, if we are able to make ten three, we somehow have a synopsis written by Final Fantasy X writer. Somehow. Kazushi Nojimiya. Nojima. I can't fuck. We found it in a bathroom stall. (laughs) (laughs) And that it's sleeping right now. But the plot itself does exist. And then separately, uh, Toriyama similarly expressed interest, but noted a particular challenge that could push development years out, stating that, quote, the probability is not zero, but we are not in a phase where we could talk about it unless we have finished producing Final Fantasy VII Remake, end quote. The last entry, Final Fantasy X-2, came out nearly 18 years ago in 2003 and followed Yuna and her band of gull wings as they chased dress spheres, sang pop songs, and tried to discover what happened to Titus after the events of Final Fantasy X. At this point, you know, after 18 years, what's a few more years, Kevin, of waiting in the name of love? I think we could wait a few more years. I think we could wait a few you know more years, yeah. I've been waiting for love my whole life. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a not particularly something I was, like, fiending for. Um, there definitely like some murmurings like after the game came out like 18 years ago that there would it made sense yeah that there could have been a third installment and there was even like um, an audio drama that kind of carried the events of the 100% true ending of the game into like what could be an extended new story so weird yeah there's there's a um, (laughs) there's a fan site that's up uh, I'm going to look it up real quick. I forgot the name of it. But it basically chronicles, like, all the latest updates regarding Final Fantasy ten three, and it's been around for, like, fucking almost a decade. People are sick. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I don't even really know if I have to ask you if this speaks to you, because I don't think it does. Um, I'm, I mean, I would be interested to understand what direction they would go, like, mechanically for this game. Yeah. Like, is it going to be, like, a direct continuation where it's like, yeah, baby, it's back to turn base, mm-hmm. which I don't think is going to fly for what Square Enix has been doing with mainline Final Fantasy in the last, well, <laughs> fucking 12 years, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, yeah. like, you know, I, I'm interested to see, like, so do they go this approach where, like, hey, this is a sequel, mm-hmm. But it plays like uh, Seven Remake potentially, right? 
And I think that would be super exciting. You'd mm-hmm. get me in it, even if none of it made sense to me, which it won't, because I refuse to go back and play X2. Yeah. And I have a vague recollection of how 10 went. My dad's bad. I'm dead, maybe. <laughs> that's it. That's fucking it. Yeah. So I have a, yeah. So I pretty much understand the story. Through and so, through. like, the thing about these spinoff, like, entries, and we could even track against, like, 10 and yeah. 10 2, right? Is that, like, 10 was turn based in traditional sense. It had a spear sure. grid for leveling. 10 2 was very different in its, like, combat system. Um, and then even the the series of the thirteen Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy, each game game to game played differently, right. like drastically. So I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped up the gameplay a little bit here. Um, I mean, my curiosity would be like, what would they do with the story? Really, I know like. So, I mean, where we leave off with, with Yuna and the whole cast is, like, they're in a state of eternal calm after, like, they got rid of Sin, right? And it's kind of like this new Naturally. world reestablishing itself. And the the true ending of the game is, like, the I think the spirits of the faith bring Titus back to life and reunite them. So you could do another game where it's, like, Titus and Yuna. Um, and they even showed some concept art of Titus looking like his dad, like with the red bandana and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's like concept art that's floating around for it, but it's just like, I'm kind of with you where it's like, I want it to play a bit more modern. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could have a lot of fun with that because like, I mean, we've even seen it with um, with 7 Remake, right? Where it's like, yeah, sure, Yuna's a summoner, but you could have her do some very graceful like magic-based attacks like Aerith did. Right. Aerith um, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Surprisingly amount of fun. And I, I typically don't like being like spellcaster characters yeah. and stuff like that, right? But yeah, I, I could see that. I could see this working. I don't see it happening. No. Like, I don't, I, I really don't, we're, it do, we don't know how many parts of Final Fantasy VII we have left over. Mm-hmm. We know that there's going to be another one, but yeah. it feels like there, it could either be three or four parts, to be honest with you. And then depending on how many, like, intermission intergrades they do in the middle of each of those. Right. So, so there's a lot of development, like, thrust into that. Mm-hmm. And not to mention Final Fantasy XVI yep. is also mm-hmm. somewhere a part of that slate. And then, of course, the continuous production that's happening on fourteen, which has become even larger of a game. Yeah. So, I mean, it could potentially be another, like, 10 years. And at that point, it's like, I don't know how many, like, 40-year-olds you're going to be invested in that. Like, you're going to have invested at that point. Oh, don't worry. Tim Rogers would be there. That's true. Fucking uh, at the scene with a nine-hour episode (laughs) about all of Final Fantasy X. But you mentioned Final Fantasy XIV, which is the second bit on here, and I'm going to dub this one Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Sold Out. Oh, So earlier this week, yeah, players on Reddit and Reset Era noticed that the original, sorry, noticed that the digital edition of Final Fantasy XIV Complete Edition, a bundle that includes the base game alongside its expansions, wasn't purchasable on the proprietary store of its publisher. Currently, any hopeful Warriors of Light are unable to buy a PC or PlayStation 4 download code for the game on the Square Enix site. Trying to do so list a waiting list button in place of the typical add to cart option. You can, however, still buy Final Fantasy XIV Complete Edition without issue for Mac and even add it to your cart on Steam and the PlayStation Store. This is none too surprising considering how many active players are playing, whether on free trials or purchased versions of the game. And Kevin, I didn't know if you knew this, but did you know that you can play through the entirety of A Realm Reborn and the award-winning Heaven Sword expansion up to level 60 for free with no restrictions on playtime? You know, I might have heard something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody knows about it, because nobody shuts the fuck up about it. Nobody shuts the fuck about this game. <laughs> uh, and the last bit here, according to the site PC Games 
capital N. Earlier this month, Final Fantasy XIV broke its all-time record for concurrent players on Steam. Currently, there are more than 22 million accounts that are registered with the game, according to Square Enix figures. That's a lot. That's a lot of concurrent players. I'm one of those concurrent players. Yeah. I've been playing this game all week. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, you're kind of like broaching like the latter half of the content right because like nick gave you the express pass yeah he gave me the pass where i can skip like most of realm reborn but like i was already at the end of the normal realm reborn um i guess story and then there's like this post kind of game stuff that was apparently uh dropped over years before they got to heaven's ward so i skipped the heaven's ward um my big takeaways are basically the same every time i pick up this game which is i like the mechanics i like the active time battles Mm -hmm. it's not quite action rpg so it's not like oh i gotta dodge and be witcher and whatnot Mm -hmm. no it's it's more like hey i can be a little leisurely with it but it's not as boring as turn-based games which are completely boring uh (laughs) but uh i just don't care about the story Mm mm-hmm and that's the one thing that everyone will scream to high heaven is like one of the best pieces of like fantasy writing of all time. And sure. I'm just like, dude, it's really fucking like just not it's boring to me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And like I was trying to analyze like why part of it is, you know, you got these cutesy elf people that are like talking about death and conspiracy. And I just think it's just the funniest, silliest shit. And you'll never catch me with that. Like, I'll never feel emotional about seeing little little elven babies <laughs> going like the primals are coming. <laughs> I'm like, OK, you're OK. You want to go to find like, find find like a like a nice little nappy blanket. Yeah. You gonna find a chocobo to make you feel better. <laughs> you want to find a little chocobo? <laughs> and then um, the, the other half of it is. I don't love games where the player character is just an avatar. Mm -hmm. I sometimes like in order to contextualize the story for me, actually most times to contextualize a story, I need an established character in that universe to understand what the stakes are. Mm -hmm. When I am a blank nobody that nods at everybody when they ask me to go find frogs under a log, um, I don't give a shit what's going to doom and gloom this universe. I don't give a fucking shit. (laughs) So that's my problem with FF14 right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not, a, hell, even like, you know, look at 15, right? Which yeah. doesn't have a very good story. I still had investment because I like those characters. Well, that's always the core thing of a Final Fantasy game, right? Yeah. It's your party. It's the characters that you get to know, <laughs> mm-hmm. at, even as the vessel of like the main protagonist, whoever it is, and then the relationships that kind of build around that. And that's always been the strongest part. And when you have like a creator character thing where it's like, okay, I'm this kind of standard box standard warrior of light. I'm one of 22 million other warriors of light, yeah, all the same journey, collecting the same frogs. <laughs> <laughs> like you lose a sense of that personal triumph and, yeah. and arc. But like, I think the, the, the world element in lore is probably the carrying uh, fulcrum for a lot of people where it's just like, oh yeah, the impact and urgency of the world and like everything that's building out of like these epoch events are probably really cool for people. Yeah, I, I totally get but like why it would be. I lose a sense of that when I don't feel invested in it as the main character. Correct. Right? Like when I yeah. feel like I don't have any stakes in it. That's a lot of my problems with uh, with a lot of these, you know, RPG type games. I think we talked about it. Um, Mass Effect does a pretty good job at it. Like even though you are a creative character, you're still Shepard. Like, right. you're still this character that people know in this world. And I mm-hmm. feel like that should have been maybe the similar thing to do. But then at that rate, you'd have a bunch of similar looking characters and it wouldn't be as class based. And it, 
wouldn't be an MMO. So yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean that maybe that's just like uh, it's a wider criticism for yeah. MMOs when it comes to like what I look for in story. But that's not to say like oh I think this game is bad or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I I it's just sometimes sad where it's like most of the conversation about the games are things that completely miss me because yeah. I'm just like I don't really care about that element of the mm-hmm. game, and I'm just like. But my fight man fights real good. He's got yeah. a triple kick. <laughs> yeah, he's out there punching and kicking and doing the raptor yeah. pose. And I think there's wonderful <laughs> worlds, uh, fucking amazingly designed monsters. Sure. And I love that it's the greatest hits of like the entire Final mm-hmm. Fantasy franchise. Like yeah. every enemy, every reference is like in this game. All yeah. that shit like really lands for me. And even Square Enix shit yeah. with like the the two B near automata content. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> kind of crossover stuff. So good shit. Mm-hmm. Now going back to this, where they actually stop people from purchasing it because the game got too popular. Yes. Um, it kind of brings up the discomfort that people have with like digital versions of media, right? Mm-hmm. Where th- there's no way that like, you know, Square Enix is not going to fucking, what's his name? Uh, Chain on Chains, Tatsuya. It's not going <laughs> to knock down your, actually it would be Yoshi P. Yeah. He's not going to knock down your fucking door and steal like your physical copy of a game, right? Mm-hmm. And be like, no, 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 there's too many. Yeah. There's too many out there. <laughs> and then like run away into the night, right? But with digital copies, they literally, in order to like... St- control flow said we need to stop selling this for a period of time mm. which is like oh whoa <laughs> i think it's a lot of it is probably due to like server intensity and overload of just like so many people playing like, no that's absolutely it yeah. but isn't it weird isn't it strange that it's like well one of their solutions was to just stop people from coming in through the gate like yeah. a theme park having to like just be like we don't have a parking for you guys yeah like oh fucking elsewhere <laughs> i maybe it's happened before but i can't imagine like any other multiplayer games on the scale like imagine if call of duty did that where it's just like, oh, you you can't play fucking yeah. Warzone right now because there's just too many people. It's just too much jingoism yeah. for one server to handle. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. It, like, it's an interesting use case. And it's funny. I wonder how hard that decision was to make from a product standpoint to say, mm-hmm. like, hey, our servers will fucking crash. Everyone won't be able to play we need to stop selling digital copies of this on our storefront. Mm-hmm. And it's like probably just like a small way to plug the leak, the leak, but it's just like, hmm, interesting. Well, <laughs> when you have these free trials that are running for like months, like yeah. just overlapping, <laughs> overlapping, overlapping, and then people extending it for 14 days after that, it's like, that's also probably fucking stuff up too. Yeah, but it's a good problem <clears throat> to have. Yeah, exactly. When think about in the, in the because... wide scale of things, right? They got everyone through the fucking door yeah. and now like... Uh, the, the teacup ride is uh, capacity because there's too many people on it, right? It's fucking like, Namura's great... tea spilling all over the tracks. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Let's build a loading screen where you punch a moogle for a while for a, a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and then there you go. We get rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and honestly, just it speaks to how massively popular this game is, how feverish people are about it. And like, you know, for good reasons. It seems like it's it's amazing. It's not my cup of tea. And you're in the middle of the road about it. I'm in the middle of the road about it. But, but like, you know. I'm, I'm, I like it as kind of a... Uh, like an expedition, right? Like a scientific expedition to figure out like, hey, this is not normally a game that's my bag, Mm -hmm. but I'm finding things I like about it. I'm learning a lot as I go through because I just, I'm interested in games and I'm not always interested in just playing fucking like AAA slobber knockers, you Mm -hmm. know? Sometimes I just want to, want to search out there and be like, what's going on? Why are people going nuts about this fucking game? You know? That's fair. Yeah. And I found out everyone's just crazy. So (laughs) number three on here, my friend. Atlas is teasing a bunch of Persona news for its anniversary. My goodness. Wow. The Persona franchise turns 25 years old this September, and Atlas has seven announcements lined up to celebrate. Holy shit. On the official Japanese website, there's seven placeholders that range from saying coming soon to autumn 2022. Mm. That's next year, Daniel. Mm-mm. 
There's also several pieces of merch available to pre-order. A set of posters, or actually whatever they are, I don't know that the posters, I can't read Japanese, uh, feature the protagonists of each Persona game, except two portraits that state secret instead. Now, the Personiacs, that's uh, Persona fans out there, Personiacs? Do you like Personiacs at all? The Personiacs believe Atlas may finally reveal Persona 6 five entire years after the release of Persona 5. Wow. My goodness. Are you are you going fucking Personiacy on this? I so (laughs) my onboarding with Persona was very recent. Like last year, you know, I I got Persona 5 Royal, played like 16 hours of it jumped off and then came back to it mm-hmm. this year and then played the entirety of persona 5 royal sure. platinumed it put like 130 hours into it i fucking love that game the game's amazing and it like it got me on this like hype train of thought of like fuck i want to go back and play some of the other ones i want to play like you know persona 4 golden like on like the vita and i was like where, where can i get a vita and like i was just where like, can i get a just vita been thinking about says. stuff like what that a and, weird like, you know Granted, I could probably get this on the on the the Steam Deck sometime soon, but like I was like, no, I want trophy support, you know, all that. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited for the prospect of what Persona Six could be. My hope is that like you maybe just carry on with some of the mechanics that like Five had. Yeah. Because it was so snappy in its turn based approach, very stylish, very smooth, and it's just oozing with personality. My hope and a lot of people's hopes is that we just move it away from the standard high school setting. Like just yeah. put it somewhere else. Like, yeah. you know. I, I honestly don't think they will though. No. I mean they haven't in fucking twenty five years. Yeah. And a lot of people's <laughs> counter argument will is like, well if you want a game set outside of a high school, go play SMT and it's just like eh, so? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a point yeah but it's just like i don't i don't know there's plenty of adult characters in that world and plenty that you could you can kind of branch off of um there, there's a lot of of we like persona better fuckers yeah there, <laughs> like that's the answer there, there's a lot I'm of sorry like, dude could be things happening here with like seven announcements right right um yeah there could be a bunch of spinoffs yeah. there, there could I'm be a there's fucking, some ports like a light gun shooter yeah. in, in the list <laughs> another dancing game another dancing game yeah. i mean uh, another fighter would be fucking sick mm-hmm. the first one apparently is really good yeah a lot of people are hoping too that this is maybe finally the announcement of like a persona game on the switch because like the console's kind of right for it um nope it's only gonna be on steam deck y'all <laughs> you need to fucking so. live with that right yeah. I don't. I don't know what's going on there. Like, it, it just must be some sort of backdoor deal between Sony and uh, Atlas. Because, mm-hmm. like, as we've seen, Atlas is not uh, against porting their games to PC. They put Persona yeah. Three and Four on on yeah. Steam, or even against working with Nintendo because Atlas games are all over Nintendo. Strikers, Persona Five, yeah. Strikers, <laughs> exactly a, a spinoff slash sequel uh, to a game that's not on <laughs> Nintendo Switch, which is really funny to me. Um, but yeah, I. I, I, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool if one of those announcements was like, hey, we're doing Persona 5 Royal for Switch. We're finally yeah. making it happen. Or I, all of them. Who knows? I kind of want another Persona 5, like, installment. And I know, like, it might mm. not make sense. Because, yeah. like, even Strikers was a stretch of, like, okay, cool. Like, the Phantom Thieves have kind of retired. And now they're coming out on summer vacation to, like, you know, solve a few cases and steal a few right. but, like I love Strikers. Yeah. I really enjoyed Strikers. I would love another. But, like, I also love that cast of characters. As someone exactly. that doesn't even finish <laughs> Persona 5 and never touch Royal, mm. I beat all of Strikers. Because, obviously, the gameplay mechanics are going to appeal to me more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that cast, though. I think mm-hmm. that cast, like, they... They struck like a really, really good balance with that cast and mm-hmm. having more things with them would be great. But of course, like I, I get that like six wouldn't be that because they've never 
like carried on like a previous cast into a sequel Mm -hmm. as far as i'm aware uh yeah i think you're correct on that a lot of it's like like spin off within itself right exactly exactly so yeah we'll we'll see what comes out of this could be another persona q which was more of a dungeon crawler kind of Hmm. thing that was on 3ds uh could be literally anything some of it could just be handbags who knows Uh, yeah it could just be like here's a fucking persona 5 makoto doc martens there we go man (laughs) to step in style yeah you see those jurassic park reeboks no yo they look pretty sick what? dude they look like the fucking explorer cars they got all the greens and like oh the, the cool colors oh yeah the cool are colors. there slashes on them uh i think there's like actually it's more like oh here's your cool like red markings you know oh, okay like like t-rex or something right because nice. i got they got markings you gonna get them yeah you just bought new shoes though uh yeah both can be true okay <laughs> <laughs> I got a number four on here. We've been saying Steam Deck the entire episode, and yet I buried the lead here. It's a sex act. Number number four, the Steam Deck. <laughs> number four, Valve announces Steam Deck. Valve, the company that created Steam, has made a switch into the handheld gaming market. Do you, Daniel, do you get that joke? Because like, do you understand that joke? Because like, they made a switch. Hold on, let me let me hold for laughter. Ha 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 ha! Yeah. Daniel, I get it. Russell Brand wrote that joke, and it only cost me a thousand dollars. Russell Brand from um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Correct. <laughs> That's amazing. He wrote that joke. That huh. really, really funny joke. Huh. Yeah. So okay. we also <laughs> we owe him a thousand dollars. Okay. I'll buy him a drink. Drinks aren't a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. When you're a celebrity, though. Is he doing okay? <laughs> like, yeah. do we know what's up with Russell Brand these it's, days? It's been a while since the sequel, uh, Get Him to the Greek. Get Him to the Greek. <laughs> <Yeah, so. laughs> I guess Richard didn't take off, no. or whatever it was. Anyway, the Steam Deck is more akin to a portable PC and runs on Steam OS. However, Valve has said you can launch other digital marketplaces on the handheld. Perhaps the Epic Game Store, if you're an Epic Gamer? Perhaps. Okay, Russell Brand didn't write that joke. <laughs> <laughs> You can even replace SteamOS with Windows, demonstrating your solidarity with Bill Gates. <laughs> He's having a tough time with this yeah. divorce, so <laughs> you could, anything you can do for the boy. Now, I oh man, this is really small yeah, on my put phone. A picture in here. I did put a picture in this Word doc, but here's <laughs> our pricing zoom. schema for this. The first model that you can get has 64 gigabytes. You can get that for $399, okay? Mm-hmm. We're already pricier than a Switch. Oh, uh, even more than the OLED, my friend. Now... Is there anything else about that? It's got something. What is an eMMC? I know nothing about it. It's like that sort of like internal microchip. That's the internal microchip. Okay. So the $529 one, this is the the middle option, gives you actually 256 gigabytes and then an NVMe SSD. So there is a solid state drive on this. Am I reading that? Is that NVIDIA? Maybe. Yeah. Is that what this stands for? Hold on a second. Yeah, and you just want to click on some stuff for a while? I'm going to just Google NVMe SSD. I was watching a video with the GameStop crew. GameSpot crew, and they were like talking about this, and people were trashing in comments for not actually like doing their research first. And here we are. Uh, I I literally just put pricing into a Word doc. That's all I know about this thing. Oh so, no! So fuck off. Um, <laughs> NVMe non volatile non volatile memory express is a communications interface and driver that defines a command set and feature set for PCIe based SSDs. And then a lot of people are saying it is painful. Um, it has a faster read write speed than SSD. Oh shit, yeah. dude. That's faster Crazy. than fucking. Okay. <laughs> it also, 
suggests that there is a volatile <laughs> yeah. memory system as well. Anyway, the final model that we have on here has 512 gigabytes and the same non-volatile memory SSD uh, for 649 bones. Mm. We're, we're, we've already far excelled the price of next-gen consoles, by the way. Um, not by much, but still mm. by a, a pretty wide margin. This apparently has the fastest storage. It has premium anti-glare etched glass. It's got an exclusive carrying case. Oh, my God. Oh exclusive Steam community profile bundle. So you can tell people, ah, I'm a Steam boy. <laughs> I'm a Steam boy. <laughs> now, the hybrid PC thing houses a 7-inch mm. uh, 1280 by 800 resolution screen capable of a 60 hertz refresh rate. Wow. Okay. Actually, most... People's phones have a better resolution yeah. on that, but uh, they're not playing Death Stranding on their mm-hmm. phones. Now, it's got a bespoke, <laughs> that's our word, it's got a bespoke AMD APU with a four-core, eight-thread PU paired with, this is IGN talking, by the way, I had to rip it straight from their article, eight RDNA1 compute units for GPU and 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5 RAM. Wow. Uh, if any of that means anything to you, Godspeed. Your life is much harder. Some of it than means others. something to me as somebody who started to study for their CompTIA A plus certification, which wow. is like about hardware and software. Really, just love letters in tech, huh? It's yeah, it's a lot of letters and a lot of memorization. Just fucking just sacrifice words for letters yeah. next to each other. But that LPDDR five ram it right into me, buddy. Right on, buddy. <laughs> now the yeah, I have sixteen gigabytes of RAM on my yeah. little gaming laptop, so this <laughs> this bitch ain't bad. Uh, you can hook the device up to your monitor. Plug in a mouse and keyboard. Actually, there is a dock. Remember, I was like, there's no dock, Dan. There's a dock. There's a dock that allows you to hook in the monitors. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and you can treat that little sucker like a PC, basically. Mm. Like, it does everything that the PC would, basically. It, it, it is a PC. It's just shaped like a handheld console, right? Mm. Can I watch porn on it? You can definitely watch porn on it. Okay. Like, that's not, like, I know you're, you're, like, joking asking. No, you can fucking jack off to this Steam machine. <laughs> you could fucking get your beat and meet it. Wait. <laughs> the Steam Deck will begin shipping in December 2021, but not all who pre-order are expected to get it then. PC Gamer notes that Steam servers were almost immediately swamped when the reservation page went live. Mm-hmm. And Valve <laughs> announced their handheld PC the day Switch OLED pre-orders went live. What a fucking, like, <laughs> backslap. <laughs> Man, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Now... The question that I am seeing um, literally everyone who's paid to talk about video games ask is, who is this for? And I did cursory research on this by just doing the one thing that you shouldn't do, which is look at YouTube comments and Reddit. (laughs) And it seems like there is a larger demographic than some people would anticipate for something that does have prohibitive costs for a handheld if you were really looking at the handheld market, this is the most expensive handheld. Yep. Easily. Like, <laughs> fucking, I won't say ever, because I think like N-Gage tried to like come out at like a thousand bucks. But yeah, it's so it's, it's pretty expensive, right? But you're also getting a feature replete console. It has numerous ports and USB things and Valve is going to come out with their own proprietary dock or something for you to even plug more fucking things into it. Mm-hmm. The videos that they're showing, because IGN got the exclusive on this shit. Um, was that two people were plugged in fight sticks, genuine bona fide fight sticks, and were playing Guilty Gear Strive on this little thing. Like, you could do what you want with this bitch. The fact that you can wipe away an OS. There is so much flexibility Mm -hmm. that if you are the type of person to be like, I don't like just out-of-box shit, 
I like my Android to my Apple. This is an interesting prospect. Yeah. Now, of course, I think it speaks to people that already have a PC. And maybe that's why people are like going like, who is this actually for? Is this supposed to get people in the PC gaming? And I would argue that it is actually one of the cheaper methods of getting into PC. Mm-hmm. Like if you go for the 400 model, but at the same time with that amount of space, you ain't playing Death Stranding. You ain't downloading fucking Dead by Daylight and all the rest of these huge games, right? So you almost have to go for a higher tier model, which mm-hmm. already starts to put it in that bougie boutique price ba- uh, bracket for tech, mm-hmm. which Valve always swims in those waters, yeah. right? So who do you think this is for, right? I mean, this might be for somebody like me, honestly, hmm. where like, granted, like the the handheld market for me is like a thing where like i i own two separate handheld consoles right the the 3ds and the switch which you still i still have your 3ds yeah, yeah it's it's there somewhere cool yeah it's a super smash brothers edition i'm not gonna oh. let that go yeah who would much like i'm not gonna let sakurai go ever um good but, so yeah this this might be for somebody like me who you know i i have a mac and like i'm looking at getting a like a new mac and that it's gonna be my primary laptop but like for something like this where like you know i want that sort of like pc experience maybe on the go i think sure. it's pretty awesome the cost is a little bit much yeah. to be honest 649 uh, if you want that nice nice one yeah but like looking at like the 529 dollar one where it's like that is kind of like perfect for like you know just that entry level and if i really wanted to make that that investment at that point but again it is the cost of a console at that point so right like, i'd want to make sure that i really wanted to play all those games right Mm -hmm. and that like i it was a must-have situation for me i think my pecking order in terms of like um want right now is like i want an xbox series s first but this is really cool and then like all the like onboard features in terms of memory cpu gpu capabilities i wonder if it's gonna have like uh like dual booting which is like where you can actually like flip between os's or if you're gonna have to do like a complete wipe to to hmm. run one or the other um when when i was talking to you about it um i was curious i was like to get oh the wipe by the way yeah, yeah probably i was like oh what os is it running off of and you're like oh it's steam, SteamOS. steam os and i was like i didn't even know that was a fucking thing yeah it's like a custom os yeah and they built it out to be more like um interface friendly because yeah. this motherfucker has a touch screen yeah and it also has um touch pads that mm. serve as basically mouse trackpads yeah uh, which is interesting so it's it's got some cool like like on device in device features already um and the fact that uh, i asked you this too i was like is it going to be like cloud-based and you're like no it's all like native on the yeah it's native so like that's yeah there's a lot of uh, attractive prospects about this right um i hear it's pretty heavy for a handheld where it's like i think one and a half pounds like heavier than the switch well i mean the more money i spend on something the heavier i want that's that's true you know what i'm saying um but yeah i think it's um it, it sounds pretty cool, like, and I'm, I'm glad to see people able to get pre-orders for it. But then on the flip side, there's already, like, the um, Scalpers. Co- the scalper kind yeah. of uh, correlation going on. So um, what do you feel about this for yourself? Do you think this is something that you would be interested I, in? I, I'm, I'm mildly interested, yeah. but I think one big thing, one big factor that just, like, makes sure that I'm not getting it right now is that I just bought a pretty strong gaming laptop. Yeah. So, and that I'm not much of a handheld gamer right so like i'd never use my switch basically i'm at the point where i basically never use it like this new zelda coming out is probably the yeah. first time that you know i gotta fight the fucking daddy long legs all over the dock yeah uh, just to dig it out right <laughs> I mean, yeah I, it took me like 50 minutes to set that thing up last night because i was missing like cables oh, and shit, shit. yeah like, where, where is everything yeah so like I, I i can stay my hand because the the value prop isn't quite there for me mm-hmm. um not to say that there isn't a value proposition for this it isn't there for me just because i already got 
a yeah. pretty strong laptop that lets me play all these PC games. Yeah. Now, and if I, think, I didn't have that, it'd be a different situation. Yeah. And like, I think oh, you're going to get way more of a premier experience on your laptop versus this thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, potentially, right? Um, and then, uh, but like, I, I understand it. Like, I think some people are like, oh, this is four. This isn't going to kill the Switch. Of course, it's not going to disrupt the Switch, right? That's not the point. Because Nintendo has, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's the point, right? And then somebody could argue, then why get in the handheld gaming at all? And I'm just like, they're just expanding their business into another direction. That It's like, they're not making that money at all today. Now they're making that money tomorrow. Yeah. And that's literally all the causation they need. Well, the thing about Steam is, like, it doesn't really need to exist on a console because it is its own platform that right. could be played anywhere, right, at this point? Sure. So they already have kind of a business model for that in terms of, like, people putting their games up and licensing and all this sure. other stuff. Yeah. So for them to be like, okay, well... We already have a home on PCs. Why not get into the the handheld market? It makes right. sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? They're broadening. Yeah. I mean, they tried to do the home console thing that everyone forgot about instantly with the Steam boxes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. And then yeah. um, the Steam controller was kind of met with like mixed results. I think PC players like really liked it, and then other people were like, "This doesn't feel as good as my as my Xbox controller or whatnot." <laughs> yeah. But this is interesting. <laughs> um, just because it's versatile, it. Is the uh, Switch Pro realized as a, as in a powerful handheld, which is not something that Nintendo's prioritizing right now? No, we we missed that week of, of news actually. So they finally mm-hmm. announced what was everybody thinking was going to be the the Switch Pro, and it's the Switch OLED model. Yeah, which is, it came in at three fifty. Which is not to wise. say that there isn't a Switch Pro being yeah. thought of, but like I think maybe Nintendo has a choice between do we do a Switch Pro model or do we just do the Switch Two, mm-hmm. and like how do we market that and how do we pivot that? Right, yeah. I think is like probably the consideration especially since those fucking micro trips are pretty hard to get right now yeah that's, semiconductors that's kind of the big thing in terms of yeah. like manufacturing and production right which i I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we get another iterative model where it's like it's the oled but brighter and then you know or oled xl and then like then we move on yeah. to another console generation the, the oled like could be cool for somebody who doesn't have a switch at this point right like sure I think it's a, a good enough price point and like, you know, for the screen being a bit bigger and the battery life being better and the OLED screen and like all that, like, I think that's pretty great. And like the new model looks good, like that white model. So yeah, um, not for me though. I'm not going to get Yeah, that. it's definitely not for me. Like <laughs> yeah. I needed something to be like a, a, a serious upgrade for me to like move away from my barely touch switch. Yeah. Something that's kind of laughable about it for me is that like hmm. one of the features of the new dock is that it has a, a LAN port for like... Yeah ethernet connection and i'm just like why the fuck did it not already yeah <laughs> like what we finally caught up to the dreamcast good job boys god damn <laughs> yeah but yeah the, the steam deck um looks looks dope um it'll be cool to actually like get one of those and play it with a controller too Hmm. because like probably play it with like a microsoft controller or something uh yeah if you wanted to yeah. that's something that you could do if you don't want to touch the fucking the system itself mm. uh because it looks like it might be a little uncomfortable yeah. after a little while fucking hell cat <laughs> <laughs> she's excited fucking excited producer she wants a steam deck real hard yeah but yeah i i think the, the the like there's something about the question of like who is this for and i'm just like dude there's more people than you fucking think yeah there's people out here that are asking themselves that question that have pre-ordered this motherfucker mm-hmm. it's so funny to like me. is this for me yeah yeah it's so funny to me the same with the oled where it's like oh i already have four different switches yeah. but i need to get this it's like dude it's new piece of shiny hardware that does some cool shit mm. that's gonna find an audience despite what you think about anyone's buying habits or what's going on yeah like i think this this is gonna be more successful uh than previous things we've seen from valve into their like 
it's going to mm-hmm. be way more successful than the fucking Steam boxes. Right? What's what's crazy to me with this prospect too is day one you have one of the biggest libraries in gaming available in terms of like double AA, A triple A indie support. Like there's such a, a library exactly. that comes with Steam as is, so it's like fuck. <laughs> Think about the fact that all of these games are going to be way cheaper than you would have uh, to pay, let's say, on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Indie games coming to the Switch suddenly jump up to thirty to forty bucks when you can get them for like fucking three dollars online. Yeah. It's just a switch tax, man. Mm-hmm. So if you're the kind of person where it's like, yeah, dude, I have all these indie games and I love indie games, but you know, I want them on the go. Looks like you found a better alternative mm-hmm. to the switch, honestly. Uh, so yeah, interesting. I think I think they're gonna do well. I I want to see this one. Uh, I I anticipate that there's gonna be a lot of launch woes, just because like when you get into the world of PC, things aren't as um, tight knit. <laughs> they're not like well i won't say well kept but like there could just be a lot of issues right mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about like the components and shit of this thing so when it comes out people are like yep my fucking screen is dead <laughs> and stuff like that so i i hope that valve is set up to support that mm-hmm. you know um because they haven't really had to get into the manufacturing market up yeah. until now right i mean yeah sure with the They've again. They've had dalliances like the mm-hmm. Steam controller and dalliances, whatever the fuck the Steam box was, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if yeah. they can uh, step up to the game. I mean, they are one of the richest fucking game companies. That's true. Ever so. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure Gabe Newell is looking at this with dollars in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a last thing on here, my friend. Sure. One last news item, and this news item makes me sad. Hmm. Don't cry. Number five. I've never cried in my life. Number five. Lost judgment may be the last judgment thanks to a talent agency. Fucking talent. Wait, what? Agencies. <laughs> As reported by Nikon Taishu, a business insider who spoke to the publication revealed that Lost Judgment may be the last game in the series, or at least the last game featuring the likeness of Takuya Kimura. That's because the Japanese star, once a member of the boy band SMAP, <laughs> is managed by a talent agency called Johnny's. <laughs> yep, okay. you read that right, with yep. the apostrophe right after the Y. Johnny's. <laughs> and unlike other agencies, Johnny's does does not like the internet. <laughs> Famously, Johnny's would not allow photos of their talents to be published online, and they've even banned their clients from maintaining social media. Apparently, Johnny's didn't even open a YouTube page until 2018. Sega, on the other hand, advocates for PC and originally wanted Lost Judgment on the platform. There's actually a little finagle where, like, um, part of the key art when they announced the game showed, like, Steam and shit, such, mm-hmm. and they had to, like, remove that shit. Hmm. Yeah, because of this. Wow. So, but Johnny's is of the mind that they're seceding their ability to protect Kimura's image if the game is released on PC. Thus, the future of this Yakuza spinoff is in peril. This is especially sad since the source indicates Kimura is a huge gamer and would really love to keep playing Takayuki Yagami. Talk. Listen, I get it. We got Cyberpunk last year and maybe too many instances of gamers like fucking Keanu Reeves in game. Sure. And maybe that's what Johnny is worried about here. Johnny's. Johnny's. Sorry, right. plural. Yeah. Possessive. Well, not a plural. It's a possessive. <laughs> possessive. It's possessive plural. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there is just a Johnny and he just yeah. goes around and goes like, that's Johnny's. <laughs> and that's how they offer. Um, and I get it. Like, Kimura <laughs> is... A legend. in Smap, you know, that was uh, the Menudo of their day. <laughs> Menudo, yeah. Um, th- this kind of sucks, though. Just, yeah, it does. Just to the, the think that, like, this is going to be the one thing that could kill the Judgment series. Yeah. 
um, just because it's just a difference of like I guess like franchise opinions and, and wants for for what the series is and maybe they saw some stuff happening with like yakuza that they're like oh no we don't want that to happen to kimura yeah you know what's funny <laughs> is um rgg's the studio that makes these games they're their push to have like real world actors in their games has mm-hmm. fucked them over like four different times, yeah. including when like you know it because in Japan, uh, if you have anything like any mm-hmm. drug relation, like yeah. you are persona non grata. Yeah, that, to us, it's really funny. That happened with one of the original actors for the first game, where like yeah. you got like caught the villain. For, like, cocaine possession. Was it Hamura? Uh yes. Yeah, it was. It was the guy that you talked to in prison after a while, who also played donald duck in i think the japanese version of kingdom hearts no not donald duck he uh, played the Iceman olaf oh olaf he played so, olaf okay yeah in kingdom hearts 3 right so of course yeah <laughs> it's um there, there's a lot of like weird kind yeah. of like i guess policies and things that would get these people in trouble in japan that would just yeah. not really matter in the states here yeah and it sounds like this talent agency is overly restrictive obviously they're yeah. not up on the up with the times mm-hmm. i could understand their concern from a 1986 perspective but um i think the fact that this series yakuza mm-hmm. in recent years has been like breakthrough in the u.s mm-hmm. and western markets and now this sub-series is also pretty fucking popular yeah. It does nothing but benefit this star on an international like level, right? Mm-hmm. Like the scale of like him just being renowned the world over now because of a video game. That's like really powerful, and to mm-hmm. be able to like turn around and be like, "Fuck that bitch shit, we're gonna shut that down because we don't want to see his butthole online." <laughs> <laughs> like, just seems very myopic. It's, yeah. it's it's you're not you're not really thinking about the future gains here, right? Mm-hmm. And if I were this this Johnny dude, sorry, not Johnny, I mean to say uh, Kimura, I would just fucking leave. I'd be like, yeah, I would leave the talent agency. I'd be like, "Fuck this." Yeah, I'd be fuck you guys. But I'm I'm sure like he's all like wrapped up in some sort of contract yeah Yeah. i was reading about it too like unlike the other uh boy band starlets that they have under this agency Mm -hmm. um this guy is so popular that they give him exceptions like they like he publicly is allowed to say that he has a wife and kids whereas the others have to hide that fact so they can continue looking like a desirable idol demigod you know really fucking weird this is so weird to me because like okay yakuza like a dragon features voice work from george takai yeah and do we does anybody care about that no nobody he's, cares if he's married that. or not yeah, nobody cares again like, it's a weird yeah. it's another thing where it's like it, they touched on it in yakuza 5 where you play as uh haruka yeah being like an idol and there's just some like weird shit about that world of like mm. the expectations of how an idol should be which is like sure. you're not a human being anymore you're a fucking thing that dances perfect perfectly now dance puppet okay. dance dance to these that float across the screen it was actually really fun um but yeah i I think for the series going forward it's like i don't think sega would outright just kill judgment because of this actor they might just either recast him um or use somebody else you know what i'm saying like oh hey here's a new protagonist that is also uh a detective in some form or nature right and easy you can continue down this path but it would be sad because i i like talk i don't think he's like legendary uh, or iconic to the level that like you know kiryu is um mm. but i like him he's yeah he's got jeans and a leather jacket yeah he's got like just he's, he's got this drip about him and he's got this drip like some of his acting and, and delivery is kind of like whatever for me yeah it's more about the complete game that is judgment well it's weird kimura doesn't do the uh english uh, voice dubs. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, so true. it's more about like, do you like this man's face? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Everybody thinks he's like really hot, and I'm just I think like, he's hot. I don't know. Look at Kaido though. 
Kind of, yeah. You like a berry man, right? More of a no. I'm not a strong not man. A, not in a bear's necessarily. Like you want to be held like a baby. Maybe, maybe I want to be like <laughs> swaddled by Kaido in his excellent shirts. Just fucking wrap me up in that fucking. Yo, Kaido's good shit. And <laughs> that, that's that in the, the English voiceover. That's the guy that does Ichiban. Yeah. In uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah. So good shit. So there. I lost my point, but you want to be held by Kaido <laughs> <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> The, the fact that like talks like likeness is just kind of like he looks like i don't know like you know um steve buscemi in that one meme where he's like dressed up like a high schooler and he's like what are all the kids in new or whatever that meme is right like fucking talk like in this leather jacket in his 40s hanging out with like younger kids and dressing up like that it's like i don't know you look like a cop you look like a cop <laughs> just like undercover cop over here but I hope that even if this happens, though, that Sega just, like, spins off with it, or, like you said, just kind of uses another, you know, actor for, for likeness there, because, like, this series is great. Or at least even pivots, and, like, oh, maybe the next game will star, like, Kaido, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Could be something. But I hope that this stupid reason isn't what stops a wonderful series from continuing on. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Lost Judgment. Same. Like, I think it comes out the same day as Death Stranding, Director's Cut, Direct- and Hideo even said director's cut is a stupid thing to call this because like mm-hmm. i didn't cut any content and i was yeah. like yeah that's what i was fucking saying yeah. on the last famous episode of the save room um but yeah I, that, that that's the game that i'm gonna prioritize like for whenever when it drops in yeah. september like that's gonna be the shit right like that's gonna be every stream i'm like i'm playing fucking judgment again mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean you played the shit out of the first one in what yep. 2019 you played that across how many streams several streams yeah. and then i did like an eight hour stream to like finish the last two chapters it was fucking great it's such a good that was my onboarding point yeah. into like the rgg like verse of games and i love it so much so yeah but you you can't ignore like the building momentum of their games right now especially with yakuza like having come to game pass in full yeah. like the traction is just gonna keep going so. i know it feels bigger than ever right yeah come on johnny's what's going on johnny's come on you Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. You should be acting like a Johnny do-gooder. You're acting like fucking 1960s Johnny Rockets, okay? Get out of the fucking past. You're acting like a Johnny bitch. You're acting like a Johnny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, the last thing that I wanted to discuss with you before we dismount and wipe off mm-hmm. is um, the difficulty discourse has returned to the annals anals <sighs> of the internet. J- Johnny. <laughs> Johnny's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still stuck on the Johnny's thing. Um, tell me again, what was the instigation of this? So there were two separate things because, like, I feel like you and I were talking about this, yeah. like in the living room the other day, and you were talking about like Miyazaki, Hidetaki Miyazaki, saying stuff about like um, yeah. mm-hmm. Dark Souls and accessibility, and like how Elden Ring is going to be a bit more accessible. Um, yeah, still, still he difficult, said it was going to be easier. Yeah. He literally said it's going to be easier than his past games because it has more options for you to handle challenges. Mm-hmm. And I guess that that set some people off then. But for some reason, that, that article I found was like from May. Mm-hmm. Why now is the, the difficulty discussion back into the fold? Yeah, so the thing that kind of um, spawned here, this kind of burgeoned off of uh, an Xbox tweet. Phil, Phil threw this one out into the ether. Phil, um, this my is, man. This is from the middle of May. The the tweet was just from the Xbox main account. Normalize playing games on easy mode if you want to. Right, pretty fair statement. Right, normalize yeah. it. Playing the game is still playing the game. Loving the game is still playing. I'm uh, really loving Xbox's messaging as yeah. of late. They're trying out here. They're trying to fight the gamers. Mm-hmm. And only only focus on the positive. I yeah. like this. I like this about them. So then uh, Natalie Flores of Fanbyte kind of quote 
tweeted it and had her take where she reviews games and does other stuff for the site as well does editorials and um her quote was i have never played a game for review on anything but the easiest difficulty and i never will and this kind of blew the fuck up it was quote tweeted by a one sophia narowitz i think their name is Uh um i lost that one basically that's okay. Uh, that's 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 a good one to lose. Yeah, I gotta find it real quick here. A collection of tweets. Yeah, it was. So it was like uh, I miss the days when games journalists writers actually tried to be good at their jobs. Ooh. And then from there, because these people are in cohorts, uh, one Colin Moriarty, you know, of of kind of funny fame, who we used to follow and appreciate. His, of kind of funny of, fame. Of previous kind of funny fame, Cause... I should say. Yeah. I remember who, when they outed that boy. Yeah. Who we used to kind of follow and, and really like admired his, his work and voice and, okay. and games media. And since is like, well, not so much anymore. Cause like, uh, took I've a, never followed him, Daniel. You took a hard, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> took a hard right there. But then he went a step further and basically said, uh, if you can't or won't beat games on anything harder than easy and you're reviewing them from the perspective and not from the perspective of the average player, then your criticism is worthless. Wow, pretty harsh. Uh, Seek out critics who actually like video games. It's all getting a little trite. And it's just like, that's just such a hard take. When Like, I get it. Like, you were like a senior editor for IGN for like a long time. Like, you wrote guides. You did a lot of shit. And you're seated in in games media. But like, damn, dog, that's like a a harsh take. Like, just to say like, oh, if you're not playing it on normal or the average player difficulty, which is like, what even? Then your opinion's worthless. Like... That's also to assume the average player doesn't uh, use any other difficulties than normal yeah. and up. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big big assumption there, guy. Yeah. So this kind of like then created a fucking twister clusterfuck of people just dogpiling um, yep. on Natalie for you know having this opinion and and coming at her because she's like not a real gamer, and then the mm. whole just mind swell of like people just being like. Oh yeah, if you play games on easy, like and you're a reviewer, like you shouldn't you shouldn't be a reviewer because that's not honest. And if you do review a game on easy or whatever difficulty, you should disclose it. So that's being honest with your fucking reader base and this and that. And okay. I'm just like, it just became so much noise after a while and so much just like volatile hate for just the sake of it. Why? Just because somebody had a hard stance. The thing about reviewers and like games media in general, it's like they have deadlines for shit. They're mm-hmm. usually playing things back to back to back on top of having to write and do their job and have a life, right? And and yeah. not burn out and crunch. So like if you need to play a game on easy to get through it and enjoy it how you need to enjoy it, mm-hmm. do it. You're still getting the gameplay. Well, you're still getting the narrative experience, I should say. And you're getting the gameplay experience, but maybe not in the most intense sense of the word. Wrong. And some people were just countering like, well, if you're not playing it on at least normal, you're not even giving your readers a sense of like what the actual mechanics of the game are because stuff could be dumbed down or this or that. And like if you if you beat a game too too quickly, actually, in its gameplay segments and rush the story along, you might actually be throwing off the narrative pacing as well. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking off the about? narrative pacing? Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the you my, my affected the narrative by playing yeah. it easy. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine if you played The Last of Us Part 2 and you just fucking rushed through to fucking fight Abby at the end? No, like, what? Do you understand how much ludo-narrative dissonance that you were putting into this game? <laughs> right. Like, like, because, you know, Ellie wouldn't have lost a finger on easy mode because yeah. she's, she's a god. Exactly. Doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. I'm not immersed anymore. <laughs> I'm not immersed! <laughs> well, just that whole thought, too, people are having where it's like, well, yep. playing it on easy is playing against what the developer's design intention was 
Why they put easy there? Yeah, exactly. Why is it there? It's almost so. like they intentionally put the easy mode on there. I'm sorry. Do they think that this is like a gamer test that developers are testing? So you're a piss baby piece of shit if you incorrectly choose easy. Mm-hmm. Anything else, you're fine. You're good to go. You're a real game. Thank you for buying this game. Everyone else was a cuck mm-hmm. that we stole their money from because yeah. they're idiots playing on easy. <laughs> is that what is, is this? What the argument is? What's going on yep. here? This is just another form. Of gatekeeping. Yep. This is gatekeeping. Plain and simple. And I got to tell you, when it comes to somebody's profession as like, I am a writer. I'm a writer. I'm a journalist. I cover games. I talk about games. And I need to talk about a lot of games and cover a lot of games. Um, And when it comes down to like, well, somebody out there could be very good at video games and they're a complete shit writer. Mm -hmm. Right? Like... I would prefer to have somebody who, if you're going to be a game journalist covering games, that you have a salient, impactful voice. Yep. Okay? And you're passionate about the things you, like, talk about. I really don't care if you're <laughs> playing on hard mode mm-hmm. or fucking hurt me plenty mode and doom. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Or spank me daddy mode right? and Wolfenstein. Because what people refuse to realize is that not everyone's going to enjoy things the same way that they do. Or more to the point, they're not going to choose the same options as other people do. And here's the kicker. Here's the other plus one on this one yeah. is, and their opinion's still valuable. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fucking crazy that their opinion isn't worthless because they didn't clear your threshold mm-hmm. <laughs> that somebody else might find Natalie's writing, such as myself, mm-hmm. very intriguing <laughs> and yeah. something that I want to read. Yeah, it, it, it's just insane. And then Colin Moriarty, what a very funny entity. Mm-hmm. Yes, I enjoyed his presence on Kind of Funny, although mm-hmm. he was very much misaligned with the rest of the sure. the, the gang there. Always kind of saw that. He was also the rain. He was always the rain cloud of the group, mm-hmm. right? And then when he had his little blow up on International Women's Day because he thought he decided to defend a tweet that he thought was innocuous, when people were like, "Well, it's yeah, it could be innocuous in a silo, mm-hmm. but think about what you're when you're tweeting it, right?" Yeah. And this is Colin's act. Which is to say, I'm technically right about what I'm saying, as in, I didn't, like, this is an innocuous tweet, or I didn't send a horde of my followers after anybody. He's technically right when he says, I did not instigate them. But here's here's the thing, that's almost like putting on the blinders to the fact that if I quote tweet somebody going, I'm going to shit in your mouth, yeah. um, the save roommates aren't going to fucking, like, show up in 15,000, like, droves yeah. and fucking comment, like, all, like, yeah, open up! <laughs> you <laughs> you know? pussy out there and be like, spread them! <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he might. Yeah. <laughs> but if Colin's... If Colin fucking puts somebody on blast like this, his platform is much larger yeah. and... The funniest, most fucking like, how do you not understand this isn't, this is worse, was that somebody else had like a tweet going like, yo, we need to talk about how every time fucking Colin puts somebody on blast, like it ends up being like really harmful. And a bunch of people from his crowd came in mm-hmm. and were saying, he didn't send us here. 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 And I'm just like, that's fucking worse. You gaggle of morons. You're supposed to be the smartest fans in the world. Aren't you? And you can't tell when you become a mob, like a bunch of fucking cuck lim- lemmings across yeah. the ocean. That That is something he always says about uh, last damn media and sacred <sighs> symbols fans that he has the most disturbing, intelligent fans. Really? Yeah. He says that a lot. And it, <laughs> It's just like, it's like you said, like you could say, hey, I didn't send these people here, but the fact that you quote tweeted, had her handle, had her picture, had her everything present in that. And then did a dunk. Makes her a target. Correct. And then it doesn't help that Sophia Narwitz is a fucking hate monger mm-hmm. and just does the things they do where it's like, yeah, I'm going to just, it, it's, 
on the level that the quartering is, where it's like, yeah, we're going to do like weird targeted harassment campaigns, but then back away when people say, oh, you're, you're coming for these people. You're doing like... I didn't a, do anything. I didn't do anything at all. And yeah. it's like... You, the fucking Manson defense. <laughs> you're a fucking shit stirrer is what yeah. you are. So yeah, you did. we got here because of you. So mm, don't try and back away when people come to your front yard on it. And it's like, <laughs> just, oh, God damn it. I get it. This man's entire existence has turned into this tension game of him defending himself against every corner of the internet is sure. how he lives. Right. Yeah. That's how he, and I will agree. There are like yeah. the mass majority of like games media has turned on him like a fucking dime. And I'll say it. That a majority of it is justified, some of it isn't, but like also you're not some harmful shit. You're not helping yourself by perpetuating harmful shit and being the sort of person you are. And that yeah. you know, somebody whose work I respected and I like when he started Sacred Symbols, which is his PlayStation podcast, I listen pretty regularly and I don't anymore because I'm just like, I don't agree with you anymore. We're not aligned. Mm-hmm. You know, I I could respect who you were, but like I just can't maybe support your content moving forward because I just I don't stand for this sort of shit. It, it sucks. It's in, in poor taste. And it just created this whole cyclical conversation about gatekeeping and accessibility. And it, yeah, and it also it. pushes the discourse back to where it's always been. It, yeah, it, there was no progress in the conversation at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the worst part. It's like It was just noise for the sake of noise. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just doesn't... Uh, yeah, that overall is just like a stupid fucking thing where it's just like, yeah, you're just gatekeeping people. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. But it it's weird to have somebody that has such a pl- platform go like, well, here's the qualifiers for doing your job well. <laughs> and it's like, that isn't always going to be yeah. the case. That's not always... There isn't like a fucking resume going like, do you play games on normal or above? Mm-hmm. All right, come on in. You're <laughs> like, no. Are you talented? Yeah. Are you, do you have a voice? Do you have a strong voice in writing? Are you knowledgeable about the subject matter? These are the things that matter, not what difficulty you choose mm-hmm. from the main menu. Yeah. If you want to seek out people who do that sort of content, it's there. It's available. They are there. They exist. Yeah. They're loud, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can find content creators on YouTube, right. like The Completionist, who plays games to the full. You know, if that if you want a review that's a thousand percent honest and you mm-hmm. can't trust a reviewer who didn't see every corner of the game, go there, right? If you want high ceilings of play, go seek that out, right? Like, And I'm somebody, like, you and me specifically, like, we play games on hard difficulties. We we shoot for Platinums. We do what we want to, right? Because, sure. like, we're just enthusiastic about it. I love but, Platinums that don't have a difficulty uh, yeah. trophy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Way. That's, like, one of my favorite things. Because it's, like, it makes it fun. It makes it accessible. And that right. should be the point of gaming at the end of the day. It's one of the biggest fucking mediums right now Mm. 2020 just boosted it even harder right you know with people being stuck at home and having nothing to do and it's just like we need to stop this fucking like 1990s gatekeeping bullshit because gatekeeping is small dick energy right Mm -hmm. like this should be just a fun inclusive space for everybody and if you don't agree with somebody's work go find somebody else's work to agree with don't put somebody on blast for just tweeting what they do right yep She's not a villain. <laughs> she just plays games on easy. Well, that's the thing. That's always been like the relationship of the uh, quote unquote gamers and, and games, games media. media. Yeah. This versus relationship because most people in the gamers bucket believe that they can do games media's jobs better. They also have this uh, romanticized idea of what that job entails, which is I just get to play video games all day and talk about it. That's fucking great, dude. And it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot more that goes into Natalie's job than you think. And not all of it involves sitting down and playing video games. Yeah. And some of it. Actually, a lot of it involves constantly having to be online and develop a thick skin to shitheads like you. Correct. And that shouldn't have to be a part of the job either. Like, that sucks, but it is, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it doesn't help when you have people that uh, were a part of the industry and mm-hmm. decided to back away from the industry and then also decide that, well, I make money off of it, so I'm going to continue mm-hmm. <laughs> being in this industry. Uh, setting these arbitrary rules as if, like, you should all operate like me. It's the same fucking mentality as people getting mad at others for playing games on easier difficulties. Mm-hmm. You should be playing it the way I'm playing it because I'm playing it right. That is patently nonsense. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Who's to say who is playing a game right, right? It, like, what a weird hill to, to, to build and die on. It's, it's a pretty easy, like, argument, right? Where it's yeah. like, all right, if you're not playing it like me, then you're wrong. If you think I'm wrong, then you're not playing it the way the developer intended. And then, like, that's an easier yeah. thing where it's like, well, the developer's not going to go out of their way to fucking, like, slash Craig <laughs> <laughs> on, on their mentions, yeah. right? Unless, you know, I like Xbox coming out there going, like, we're going to continue fucking pushing back on this discourse until yeah. it improves. Yeah, they even said something like this week where it's like, oh, they quote retweeted that initial May tweet and just saying, hey, just one more time louder for the people in the back. Because yep. it's just like, yep, playing games on easy is still playing games. Like, just fucking end, <laughs> end of discussion. it's it's ridiculous and you like to think some of this conversation is siloed in like you know some communities or others but it's everywhere right like we see it a bunch with the souls worn community uh especially when it comes to accessibility in games and it's like oh yeah having an easy mode or an accessibility option mode would just break the game and invalidate the experience and go against the developer's will and it's like but accessibility is a, a wide swath from hey, we're going to make tech sizes bigger to we're going to make it so instead of having to smash a button to do an action, you can hold it. Like, it's not just making a game easy, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole bunch of different things. When it breaks down to it, it's more about presenting more options. Yeah, for your players. Because at the end of the day, it's true. Not all video games are built for everyone in an audience. Sure. But they are available to everyone in that audience. Mm-hmm. So from a developer standpoint it only makes sense to say, well, I want to get more of that audience. Mm. I don't want to gatekeep. In fact, I want to go back to the, I've, I've said this quote before, but this is from Hidetaka Miyazaki, the father of the Soulsborne, Souls-like genre. He, this was actually an interview that he did with, who was it from a long time ago? Is that a cat? You're a cat. I know. Uh... Clementine says, accessibility in gaming. This was an interview from Metro UK done all the way back in 2012, and his quote was this. I personally want my games to be described as satisfying rather than difficult. As a matter of fact, I am aiming at giving players a sense of accomplishment in the use of difficulty. He also went on to say, having said that, however, it is true that Dark Souls is rather difficult and a number of people may hesitate to play. This fact is really sad to me, and I am thinking about whether I should prepare another difficulty that everyone can complete or carefully send all gamers the messages behind our difficult games. Hmm. So he also said, if the number of easy games, this was back in 2012, if the number of easy games is increasing nowadays, I guess it is because difficulty is not related to interesting and worthwhile game elements in many games among players. Hmm. That's your father (laughs) of pain. You listen to your father. (laughs) You listen. Goddamn listen. But then you probably had people back then and since then probably like taking mm-hmm. that whole thing out of context and gatekeeping Miyazaki himself there's other ways to challenge players I think so too besides upping the HP pool of an enemy mm-hmm. and then the amount of damage they do against you 
this the other side of that is also giving options to allow people to experience what the developers thinks are important such as story setting Mm. characters maybe even some of their mechanics that are meant to be challenging in harder difficulties they still want all players to experience them in some way Mm -hmm. they're just giving options and the fact that somebody could look at these options say this diminishes my experience even though i don't engage with it is not only batshit stupid (laughs) it belies an intolerance for this industry that we love to continue growing Mm -hmm. and have more diverse opinions and at the end of the day that's what people are fighting against yeah diversity that's very well put so Get fucked, gamers. <laughs> Hope you die in a fire and I'll watch. <laughs> we, we had this conversation, honestly, like, what, a month and a half ago when Returnal came out? And that was one of those things where, like, there aren't very many games on the PS5 right now. And when Still something aren't. new drops, people want to play it. And yeah. Returnal's a fucking hard game for people. And the lack of a, an autosave feature bucked a lot of people off. But you had that same obstinate group of people being like, play it how I play it. I'm obviously not having problems, so you right. shouldn't have problems. This is what this genre's like. Not everybody's player experience <laughs> is the fucking same, dog. Yeah. Like, Mm. I don't know. It's maddening. As, as, of course it is. As two people, like, right, who want to cultivate, like, an open, welcoming space for people, right, and talk about games on a very even keel level and criticize where we can, right? Like, I just couldn't imagine telling people, no, you can't enjoy this thing. And I might have been, like, a slight gatekeeping shithead when I was, like, 14, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, I don't know, that was the, the kind of childish thing you did back then where it's like, oh, this is something I love. I want to hold it close and nobody else can experience it. But then you want to know what happened, Kevin? You died. I grew the fuck up oh. from that death. <laughs> I was born anew, a phoenix rising. Wow! Yeah, immortals. And that's not a thing anymore for me. Mm-hmm. And I think people just need to fucking lighten up and grow up. Pretty much. So. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, kids, grow up. <laughs> or die in a fire, whichever yeah, one. That one. I, whichever one's more entertaining. But uh, yeah, I think that's about it, my friend. I think so, too. We got through another slobber knocker of the save room. Mm-hmm. And I think we learned how to live, love, and save again. Hell yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on an ending sticking point, you can find us over on Twitter at Save Room Show, retweeting, quote, retweeting all the easy games are great tweets and loving people. Yep. Who love games. Love, we love. We're, we're game lovers. Just game lovers. Yeah, but not you lovers know? of the gamer. No. Yeah. No, sir. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to bounce off. We got a fucking Saturday ahead of us. You guys yep. have a great weekend. Great I gotta week. Go. And uh, remember to save your games. Bye, everybody. Bye.